so purdy. Can we stand, please? Our family's from the South. That's why I said it that way. I want to recommend to you the Jesus Revolution movie. I also want to recommend to you uh, to begin Sunday evening Bible study. Uh, Begins at 6 o'clock, ends at 7 o'clock. Our youth, our children are next door during that time every Sunday evening. But many weeks ago, the Holy Spirit led me uh, to an understanding that we needed to open up our sanctuary next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock for worship and prayer. And you experienced the worship here this morning, and it is going to be an amazing time of worship with no time frame on it and um, no schedule on it, but there's going to be led of the Holy Spirit. And so that's a week from this evening at 6 o'clock. And I challenge you to be led of the Holy Spirit. This is not an invitation from your pastor. This is an invitation of the Holy Spirit. He wants to meet you here next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. I want to pray for you and to give you a, a real understanding of prayer. We're going to dive back into prayer in the series, Jesus, There is Power in That Name. And I'm going to ask the question, why should I continue to pray? We've had many experiences in our prayer walk, in our prayer life. Why should we continue to pray? So let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this morning's worship, Father, is something uh, very uh, different in what you've done with us on an individual basis. And Lord, help us as a corporate body, as a church, those online and those that are here, to walk into an avenue of this power-packed worship that destroys the work of the enemy. Today, the enemy fell, and the causes of the enemy were stopped because of the worship of the Lord this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that as the women move into the, uh, this, the book of wars, as we dive into the word regarding prayer, as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit next Sunday evening, in Jesus' name, we receive what you have for us today. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, I just proclaim the giftedness to just explode out of each person representing here in this house and those online, that the power of God will move in such a unique way. Lives will be transformed because of our obedience. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. So basically, in how I do it, when I separate certain things, when I do a series and I have uh, part one and part two, um, today we're going to talk about the how of prayer with a little bit of what. But next week, we're going to talk about the what of prayer And how do we live this out? Because we know the how. 
So again, we've been talking about prayer, and turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. I would like you to read uh, Revelations chapter 5 sometime this week, because we will be teaching on that. I don't believe I'll get there today uh, because of time. But let me also tell you, in Ephesians 3, this is how you can remember where the book of Ephesians is. Just think of the name General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All right? I'm asking you today, why should we pray? And then I'm asking you, why should we continue to pray? Here's another question. Does God have all power? Think about it. Do we really believe that God has all power? The answer is, yes, he does. So for him to release that power, is prayer a part of that release? Or do we need to pray? See, the, the, the question is, is, what is prayer? What is this power? And, and how does this manifest in our everyday life. So for him to release that power, again, do we need to pray? But before we answer that, let me just say a few things that is in Christendom or in our world today that you hear, and maybe you've said some of these things, because not understanding the how of prayer or what does prayer do. So do we need to uh, bother God enough to finally get him to release power in prayer? People bring in condemnation to you. You haven't prayed enough. Is that what prayer is? That we need to bother God enough? So he finally says, oh, okay. I'll answer your prayer. See, those people use a scripture but they take it out of context. They use Luke 18. Jesus tell, tells us about, you know, an unjust judge and that he was bothered and so he finally did what they were asking. So I understand the principle of the story, but let me just tell you in, in Luke 18, God is not an unjust God. He's a just God. So you might have to bother an unjust, unjust person to get something done, but you don't have to bother God because God wants to do it. Now, the thought, so then if they're thinking this, does prayer bother God? Like sometimes your phone, someone calls you them again. Can you bother him enough that he would do something? Pray enough to get him to do it? How about another thought? When we pray, are we trying to talk God into something? Either that, you know, he should do it or that we're spiritual enough that he would do it for me? Here's one. Does God require a certain amount of prayer for certain situations? In other words, there are other prayers because they use other scripture about the fasting. Oh, you need to do this and fasting and prayer. There's more you got to do for this and and all that, no, we've taught on this in this house. 
But because of all that, what happens, the bottom line thing that takes place in Christians today is they stop praying in faith or praying real prayer. Well, let's go on. Here's another. Do we earn answers to our prayer? Do we get a badge? You earned it. So let's talk about this. And here's my first statement. I'm going to give you two statements today. We're going to, we're going to really cover the first. We're going to three quarters cover the second. And then we're going to end and then dismiss. And we're going to next week, we're going to cover the last part of the second. And then we're going to cover the third because we're going to move into um, just literally what we're to do in our life. Here's the first one. God has deposited his power in us. This is extremely important that we understand this spiritual kingdom truth. When you became born again, God deposited this power in you. When you recognize and understand this prayer, you will become a person of prayer. So what I'm talking about, I didn't put this in the notes, but I'm talking about a power of prayer or prayer that is powerful. So this is how and why we pray and why we continue to pray because there is power that flows out of us when we pray. A lot of people pray looking up at the sky waiting for God to go, oh, all right, I'll pay attention to you because you bothered him enough, or you spent more time in this, all right? So Luke 24, before we go to Ephesians 49 says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, saying until you receive power. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It is literally when God, you become born again, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is in your spirit. Your spirit becomes brand new. Then you are endued with this power of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you. Now, understand this power is already there. But the revelation the Holy Spirit gives you, gives you the understanding of the power of your prayer. All right, so let's go on. It says, church, you will have power deposited in you. Follow me now. Have you ever heard this scripture? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. You heard that scripture? Yeah, all of you have. But how many of you can finish that scripture? All right. Very very few, maybe. Maybe half of you. Let's read it. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. All right. So notice the verse just said, now to him who is able to do all that we ask or think. The Holy Spirit is describing the Godhead. And he's saying they're exceedingly, abundantly above all. 
So the question then, follow me, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a point here. If God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, is he? Is he able to? If God is able to, yes. Here's my point. Then why doesn't he? That's Christendom today. But I believe the move of the Holy Spirit that is happening right now, I believe it's the beginning stage of the end times. And don't look at me, don't shut me off on the TV thinking I'm this doomsday preacher. It could be another hundred years. God doesn't have a time frame of how much he's going to pour out his spirit. Amen? But we do on this earth. And we need to understand prayer. So here it is. Then why doesn't God do these exceeding abundantly things that we've been praying about and it hasn't happened yet? Good question. So let me give you the answer. How about the situation you're going through, your marriage, your family, your children, your grandchildren? If God is able, then why doesn't he? The answer is, The last phrase in verse 20 tells you and me this. According to the power that works in us. Or to understand this statement fully, according to the power that resides in us or is deposited in you. Every one of you that are born again has this power that's exceeding and abundant in you. The word according in the Greek is kata, and it means to measure out or to distribute. So what God did was distributed exceeding abundant power in you. But we're still not understanding that, the how, and we're still yelling at God, crying to God, which, let me tell you, prayer is prayer. We're going to pray, we're going to cry, we're going to laugh, we're going to do all these things. But we have to understand what, what they wrote in Ephesians here is we got to understand how this exceeding abundance happens in our lives. As we have to accept the fact that there is power in us and we have Something that we need to do. We'll talk more about that next week. So the question then, with all of this, how much of God's power are you measuring out to your family in prayer? Or is your prayer, God, please? Or is your prayer, in Jesus' name, the family I heard that prophetic word over my child. And in Jesus' name, the love of God is going to spill all over him. Amen? In Jesus' name, there is nothing going to hinder what God has promised because he does exceeding abundantly things. And he's, he's distributed that power in me. So I proclaim it out of my mouth in my prayer. And I'm just giving you the, the beginning stage of all that. Next week, we're going to have a lot of fun. And next week, 
on Sunday morning, we're going to do some praying. We're going to defeat everything, like that song, everything the, the enemy meant for evil, we're going to defeat it, and we're going to see new life in every area of our life. Amen? It's called breakthrough. We're seeing revival, but it's called breakthrough. So how much of God's power are you distributing to the situation you need God to work in right now? Is it possible that God has already done his part by depositing his power and now we measure it out and distribute it? Okay, I I know some of you are going, wait, what? My whole life I've just begging God. And I know because most people taught you that. The way they say things. Well, you know, if the Lord wills, well, you know, if isn't the Bible God's will? If he says something in, in the Bible, then what we need to do is through that power proclaim it. I'm touching on next week, but we'll we'll move on. God's unlimited power is limited to our prayers. I'm going to say it again. God's unlimited abundant power is limited to our prayers. But his unlimited power is limited in my life by my prayer. So I learned many years ago, there is no limit in my prayer. Some people call that uh, weird faith or extreme. I'm not being extreme. I'm telling you that in my life, the power of God moves, his will moves, because I believe I have that power that has been distributed by God, not for my glory, but the glory of God, the glory of God, God himself is in me. And as I speak, I am measuring God's power out in every situation by my words of prayer. Are you following this? Very interesting, isn't it? So it depends if I will measure it out to my family or situation. Here's the second thing with prayer. We must release his power through prayer. Now again, let me say it, all right? God has deposited this power in me, (laughs) and we must release the power in us through prayer. I, I really don't want you to lose me right now because I I want you to recognize our words are words of life or death. When we speak words, they're either words of life or they're words of death. Death in many instances when, when we don't know the word of God and we're walking in fear and we're speaking death to a situation and you know, all the different things. But words of life are those in accordance with the Word of God. 
and literally living a lifestyle that says, I no longer will speak curse to any area of my life. I will speak the word of God, even though I am absolutely falling in despair in my life right now, emotionally, things are happening in our life. And we're we're saying that, that my life is falling apart. I don't know what to do. We got to just stop second and think about our prayer instead of, God, what are you doing? Where are you? God is right here, and his exceeding abundant power is there to move on your behalf, but it takes you to distribute it. Why do you think the enemy will put stuff and tribulation in front of you? To get you to say it's not working. To get you to say that, you know, God, how come you're not listening to me? Oh, I'm just going to stay in my prayer closet forever until you finally hear me. Well, okay. There's times the Holy Spirit will lead you to pray. You know why he leads you to pray that long? Because there's something needs to change in you or me. Not God. There's nothing wrong with God. I mean, let me just tell you, if you think there's something wrong with God, then I'm just going to say this to you. You're serving a God that I don't know. Because there's nothing wrong with God. So when there's something in my heart, my mind, the enemy's coming to me and saying, you know, what's wrong with God? How come he's not answering this? You're, you're probably bad. You're not doing good. And you, this is why. And it's been in your family forever and curses and all the different kingdom scriptural truths. And he brings all this to you to condemn you. And I'm telling you, my church family, is we got to stop listening to that voice and start understanding that the power of God has been given to you. And now what you do is listen to the word, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, and you begin distributing the power that the Holy Spirit has led you to distribute. In the book of John, Jesus is using an analogy of the river. So the question is, how wide is your river? Is it gushing or a trickle? John 7 says this, verse 37. On the last day, speaks of a feast, and I'm going to explain that feast in a moment. That great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Notice rivers. Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will receive power. Whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, let me explain this feast. This feast was an eight-day feast in Jerusalem. So what they did, the religious thing through the years, they would pray for seven days for living water. Now, this is from history, all right? One event and one prophecy. God told Moses to speak to the rock, and his anger struck the rock. Why? Because Moses had been praying 
and the answer didn't come, so he got angry. He struck the rock. Scripture tells us that's the very reason why he didn't go into the promised land. Okay, but what am I bringing? What, what's here is it's referring to the, the living water again. Zechariah 14.8 prophesies that God will flow living water out of Jerusalem again. So that's why they had the feast. They were coming together for eight days. In seven days, the Jews pray for living water from heaven. And on the eighth day, if it didn't happen, they prayed for rain. It's history. That's what they did. It was wrong the way they did it. They prayed for living water, but if they can't get it, they then pray for rain, which is natural water. That naturally happens. This is not the power of God. At the time, it was such a religious show, many got drunk and they committed immoral acts during this feast because it became a party. They were praying, 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 living water, oh God, oh God, oh God. Nothing happened. And then finally the eighth day, they said, okay, well, just give us rain. That's not prayer. Jesus stands up and says, on the eighth day, I am the living water. I am the answer to your prayers. He who believes in me, if you're thirsty, come and drink of me. So the scripture says, Jesus spoke of the Spirit. You shall receive power from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will flow out of your heart like a river. Not a trickle. So here is a very simple question. The Holy Spirit is power, then how much power is flowing out of us, out of you? If you believe God has deposited power in you, and he has, and we, we read you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you, and he has, how much of God's power is flowing out of you? Is it possible that you have your hand, because I, we just repiped my whole house, so I'm going to use a plumbing illustration here. Is it possible that you have your hand on the faucet of God's power in your life? Instead of praying and asking God to move, we must pray opening the faucets of God's power in his name. Because he's deposited it in you. And it's your choice through prayer and worship that you release this power. Now, some of us have, some of you might have more faith than I do, but some of us have more faith in hot water faucet than we do in prayer. You know, you turn on the hot water and you put your hand underneath it, it's cold, right? And then about 10 seconds, 15, some of your houses, five minutes later, <laughs> hot water comes flowing, right? But you don't doubt that it's coming. 
See, here's the, the struggle because we don't know how this happens, how we can pray with power, and I just told you the how. We'll turn it on and we'll wait for the hot water because we know it's going to show up, but when we pray and we turn on the faucet, we feel it's cold and we shut it off. And in many instances, you and I stop praying. We stop praying. Not because we're not a good Christian, not because, you know, things are so bad in our life. No, it's because we really don't understand the how. That God, his plan was to deposit power in you for you to disperse it in every area you touch. See, we come collectively to learn and to grow and to be discipled. And then we go out into the world and we share that. We share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in many instances, we stop sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because our prayers weren't answered that someone would get born again or they'd receive us. And I want to tell you, we, we don't understand it. We're not walking in this prayer mentality. And I'm telling you that when we call for prayer, if you really believed that the power of God flows through you and that when you really move into this realm of belief and faith, then it becomes a river, not just a trickle. And the power of God is like a river flowing out of you everywhere you go because you are a person like Paul of prayer 24-7, not on your knees every, you know, every day for 24 hours a day, but every second of your life, you are a prayer person. Power is exuding out of you. Because you are a prayer warrior. And you're moving in and you're touching and you're changing and transforming other people's lives because you're walking in kingdom principles, especially in prayer. I think someone needs to say a big amen on that. See, in prayer, we need to leave the faucet on in prayer knowing it's going to get hot, knowing it's going to happen. If God said it, it's going to be done. Well, maybe not with me. No, because you don't understand the how of prayer. God has given the power in you for you to move in that realm. And maybe something happened. You're praying about something, and maybe it doesn't happen for a while. You see, your faith is... Prayer, power, amen. God, okay, anything else I need to pour power on? Be led of the Holy Spirit. Be led of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, uh, you know, did Jesus heal the lepers in Jerusalem? Did he heal all the lepers? No. Why? Well, you know, just God's will. No, God's will is to heal everybody. Amen? See, we, we get into our, our lifestyle and we love Jesus with all our heart and we're great Christians and we love Jesus, but I want to tell you, there's so much more for you and me. There's so much more you can have in your life. And it's not that, you know, you, you pull it out and put another mark. Another answered prayer, hallelujah, hallelujah. No, no. 
You are a power-packed believer that answered prayer is something waiting to happen. All you need to do is pray. All you need to do is do it. And we have to get to that place in our lives that these things will happen. Well, why did Elijah pray seven times? Well, God told him. Why did Elijah pray seven times? God said it was going to rain. Seven times he prayed. Was he releasing power? Knowing God said it, so it was a done deal. That's the way I look at it. It's a done deal. Why did Daniel pray 21 days? Let me read this. Daniel 10, 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you, the angel speaking, that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Power. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, the enemy, withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princesses, princess, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So the first day Daniel prayed, the angel left heaven with the answer. There's a war in the spirit realm. Ladies, don't you miss the Bible study. But because Daniel kept and or continued to pray, he was able to get through. In other words, he turned the, the faucet on, and it became hot. Took 21 days, but it became hot. So church family, we know we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It's spiritual. Ephesians tells us that. The answer is sent the first day you pray the word. But what if Daniel stopped praying at day 20? I'm asking you this. I want you to really think about it. What if Daniel would have said, no, no, let's pray for rain. Let's pray for rain. Let's, let's just, uh, maybe God has a new idea or whatever. If God has said something in his word, what he said is true and it's for you. So a question then in conclusion How much of the work of salvation has been done so far? There's one word you need to say. How much of the work of salvation has been done so far? All of it. Everything that God needs to do or needed to be done it's done for you to walk in this power that's deposited in you. There is nothing that hinders you. Now, I'm saying something that some of you go, oh. there's nothing that hinders you from answered prayer but you distributing the power. 
Did God take care of sin on the cross? Yep. So does sin stop you? No. Unless you choose, because I want to tell you, if you're walking in sin by choice, you're not praying prayers of faith. You're not releasing power. So what about your past? Well, you know, you, you were a druggie for 30 years. You're an alcoholic. You did this. You did that. You robbed. You stole. You went to prison. You know, you, you devastated people's lives, all that. You were bad person. But today you're born again. You have the power distributed inside you. And you can do all things with Christ. Why? Because he did the work. You got to accept it and stop praying like religious people, like the Pharisees. I'm not saying you do that. I'm telling everybody that's listening, podcast, online, whatever, Stop praying like the Pharisees and start realizing who you really are. You are a son and a daughter of God. You are walking in a power that you have not recognized. And if you will walk in this power and receive this power in your life, your prayers will be answered. My grandmother, the last discussion she had with me again, I'll say it to you again because I loved her with all my heart. She's the reason why I am who I am today, leading me to Christ. She said, everything that I pray for has manifested. Now I can go home. This little, by the time she passed away, she was probably four foot 11, but she went to heaven. I'm a poet and didn't know it. But the reality is she knew of this power. And I could hear her in the bedroom praying, praying with my name, praying with Larry's name, Vicky's name, June, my mom's name, Neil, my father's name, and praying for the extended family. And when she said to me, I can go home now, and you know what she said? I don't want to be a bother to anybody else. I'm going to go home. Six months later, she was gone. She went to sleep. Because she understood in her little way of the immense power that was inside her. And even though physically she was small, Spiritually, she was a spiritual giant. And every one of us, not because of your physical stature, but because of your faith and your belief in what Scripture says and the how, what God did through the cross and salvation so you and I can live a life of power and praying. Power at church. Power in your worship. Power at work, power at home, power at the gym, power on the golf course, wherever you're at, you walk in this because it's been deposited in you and God himself flows through you and you transform lives.
Can we stand, please? Jesus will never have to die on the cross again because it's finished. Because it's finished. Let me just say this to you. As my church family guests, we welcome you. I see you today. It's great to see you. Please make this your church family online. Come on, man. There's things happening here you want to be a part of. Amen. Go ahead. Clap. There are people that God has already readied for you to lead to Christ. He already has. Other people have been talking to them. Waitresses, waiters, business partners, you name it. Lead them to Jesus. Bring them to church. Bring your friends to church. I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm just so overwhelmed in my spirit. I was talking to some of the the guys that I meet with for prayer and stuff in the morning before the service. And I was just telling one person, I said, you know, there is such an anxiousness in me. But it is an anxiousness of knowing good is manifesting and is happening in a greater realm. And there's just, something in me. It's, it's huge and it, it's growing. And I've had this happen to me four times in my life. And after the four times in my life that this has happened, three of those four times, an explosion of growth took place. And one of them, an explosion of miracles took place. Here's what I'm sensing right now. I'm sensing both going to take place. If you ask Pastor Nolan that I have even in financially, I've given in, in my envelope, uh, I've given my tithe, I've given offering, but I've given many times and I just write the word seed. Just seed. Have I done that? Quite a few times, huh? Yeah, okay. So, so the reality is, is seed. And the seed is what I'm teaching on right now. That we would become a house of prayer and a house of worship in where God is leading today. We've always been a prayer people. We've always been a worship music people. But if we become prophetically what prophetically Pastor Ryan and the team, Melissa, are leading us into, if we would grab a hold of this prophetic leading of the Holy Spirit, our worship will be totally different, but powerful, more powerful. And it will defeat the work of the enemy. Let me, today, as Pastor Dan said, I was standing there and I just began to pray and sing in tongues because I saw in the spirit, I'm not trying to be weird here, I saw in the spirit enemies laying on the ground. They were defeated. And tears going down my cheeks and I wanted to, Look, honey, I'm being like you, crying all the time. But the reality is, you see, this great stuff is going on, church family. It's, it comes supernaturally, naturally to the believer. So it's an everyday thing. It's everyday life. 
If I'm on the golf course with someone, man, the power of God moves. Amen. May not help my golf game, but the power of God moves. And that's what I'm telling you. You go to work, you don't go in there and say, hey, come on, in this room, I just got to pray. No, 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 you don't. It's, it's a supernatural, natural miracle. It begins to take place. You just go with power. Let it flow. Comes out of love. Comes out of forgiveness. Comes out of the character of God. Oh, I got to be quiet because next week we're going to cover some of this stuff. But I'll tell you, it's exciting. Let me pray for you. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over our homes represented here. In Jesus' name, Lord, I just proclaim a blessing over our children and our youth. And and I just, Lord, just move in a mighty way. Use our children in a mighty way. Work miracles through them. Let the power of God flow through them because the home is representative of a home of prayer and worship. And I thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great afternoon. See you tonight.